Well, we may be in Washington, D.C., but Philip Malloy is in Dublin, as always, around about this time to look at movies and television. Philip, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shorter. Now, um, the new releases... I overhear there's tremendous promotion going on on American television for Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Uh, Is it coming to Ireland? It is. It opens here this weekend. In fact, it opens all over the globe this weekend. It's an absolutely massive opening. Uh, It's the fourth movie, as I think we may have said last week, in the Mad Max franchise. Cost $150 million. Was shot in uh, Southwest Africa in over three sort of countries along the the, the Namib Desert. Uh, And it, uh, as I said, it's it's a huge... um, um, uh, Tom Hardy has taken over in the lead role. It's the fourth of the movies, but the first of a new trilogy of Mad Max films directed by, uh, written and directed by George. George Miller, who created the character. So uh, you'll see and hear an awful lot of it. I imagine it's going to be a huge success uh, at the box office. Now, I was reading before I left on uh, the distinguished newspaper, the Daily Telegraph, (laughs) and they were less than excited about what appears to be faction, in other words, fiction based on a factual thing. And this is VE Day in um, Europe, peace in Europe at the end of World War II and the story of the young princesses Elizabeth now Queen Elizabeth and her sister Margaret uh, sort of sneaking out of Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. and I understand the movies in Dublin uh, not many of us are going to go and see that are I we? D- I don't think so um, it's, it's it's probably the slightest movie that I've seen in ages it's called Royal Night Out by the way and as you say it's set on Victory in Europe Day in May 1945 and it focuses on the efforts of the two princesses is uh, Elizabeth uh, and Margaret. Margaret Margaret is the kind of flightier of the two uh, to get out of Buckingham Palace for the night uh, uh, to to join in the celebrations. They're at odds with their parents uh, about it, but eventually the parents give in. The, the father is convinced that they might report back to him how his speech, he's given a speech that night on radio on how his speech went. Uh, Margaret ends up in a brothel, but it's, it's very much an anodyne sort of situation. And Elizabeth links up with a young working class airman who's played by the Irish actor Jack Rayner. That relationship kind of runs throughout the film, but it's a very diffident kind of relationship. It doesn't amount to much. The film was financed, co-financed by Isle of Man Film, and and it looks and feels muddled, I think, throughout. So I mean, The interesting thing, Philip, mm. is, as the King's speech proved, there is actually an awful lot to, to sort of talk about, yeah, yeah. about this. Yeah. You know, first of all, she's been on the throne such a long time and mm. so on. Uh, the actual performance of the the two young princesses during World War Two. I mean, if somebody was going to make a story about it, they could actually have no. found a reasonable yeah. story rather than this complete fluffy nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and finally, you've got something called Pitch Perfect. This is Pitch Perfect 2, uh, believe it or not. The, the Pitch Perfect 1 was set, it's based on a book, and it was uh, the, the title of the book is Pitch Perfect, The Quest for Collegiate Acapella Glory. And it was, uh, first of all, it was a hit as a book in the United States. Then it came out um, as a film in uh, 2012. It was made for $17 million, and it took $113 million, um, at the international box office. So it was a big success, and uh, I suppose the sequel was inevitable. And the sequel... 
Um, it's about uh, this group called the Barden Bells, and they uh, it's about their efforts to kind of regain their status after a concert attended by President Obama and his wife collapsed due to a costume uh, mishap. There's an awful lot of music in it. There isn't much of a story, but it's quite funny in parts, and uh, there's a number of kind of really strong kind of standout performances in it. I was looking at the movie listings because what I do, of course, when you, with, with the, on your phone now, you mm. can record stuff uh, from over here. You know, you can just set up record on your machine at home. Um, and I was looking at a movie uh, which David Hemmings was in, I remember. And I thought it, it paid. I'm really interested in your view because this was made in color. It was 1968. And, of course, uh, many years before, Earl Flynn had done the same thing, hadn't he? Charge of the Light Brigade. Yeah, uh, This is one of my favorite um, um 60s movies I I I I, really? I I I limit it to that yeah uh, and it's Charge of the Light Brigade and and it's on BBC2 at 8:30 on Saturday night it was directed by Tony Richardson and Tony Richardson had won the Oscar I think in about 1963 um as you may remember for Tom Jones and this starred his then wife uh, Vanessa Redgrave with and there's a great cast in it John Gielgud Trevor Howard Harry Andrews and as you say David David Hemmings and it's a terri- it's a satirical look at the kind of mid-Victorian madness of the Crimean War. It's very, very different from the movie that you're talking about, the 1936 um, Warner Brothers version with uh, Earl Flynn. You know that um, you know that David book, Niven book, Bring On the Empty Horses? It's a direct quote That's from a, the director a, 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 of that light brigade. That was made by Michael Curtis, uh, the Hungarian director. And at one scene, uh, there's a, a kind of group of horses are supposed to run across the cameras and he screams, bring on the empty horses. That Niven was very taken with that and he used it as the title for his second uh, volume of, of biography. Uh, but anyway, as I say, it's on at 8.30 on Saturday and I'd highly recommend it. David Hemmings, not a great career. Would that be right? Well, no, he, he uh, for a while, George, uh, okay, he he was quite a successful actor. Uh, then he he had a production company which um, which which was very very successful for a while, and then all of a sudden everything seemed to collapse, and he ended up. I he he's, he he died a few years ago. Uh, he was very overweight um, uh, at the time, uh, but uh, he he didn't he didn't I, I'd say he didn't fulfill his promise. I'd say that's the best thing uh, that could be said about him. It's surprising you would say he was very overweight because if people uh, tune in to watch the Charge of the Light Brigade on Saturday night, they'll see, in fact, a very, very yeah, slim young very, man. Absolutely, and he's he's the he's a romantic sort of figure in it. Um, uh, uh, Vanessa Redgrave's character is married to a friend of his, and she has she, she falls for um, uh, David Hemmings after she meets him. Uh, so, as you say, he's very slim. Uh, he's he's a very heroic sort of figure. Um, he's a soldier, and he takes a, he takes a very 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 dim view of the activities of some of the the, the British generals and the the higher ups in the British army and the way that they behave during the Crimean War. 
All right. Um, are you glued to anything well, in particular? Okay, these there, days? There's one thing, George, that I'd recommend uh, for tonight. It's called The Affair, and it's an award-winning cable television drama starring Dominic West. And uh, Dominic West, is, uh, as a lot of people will know, starred in The Wire. And the actress Ruth Wilson. Ruth Wilson played the uh, serial killer in the early, uh, the couple, of, the first two, I think, series of Luther. And it begins on Sky Atlantic tonight with a double episode at uh, nine o'clock and it explores the effect of an extramarital relationship on two families. Wes plays this uh, New York school teacher uh, and a novelist and he's happily married but he resents his dependence on his wealthy father-in-law and Wilson plays a young waitress uh, trying to uh, piece her life and her marriage together after a tragedy and they meet on Long Island where he's holidaying with his in-laws and she's working in a restaurant. Very, very strong stuff. It's made by cable uh, Showtime cable television um, um, in the United States. Uh, it runs, I think, for 10 episodes and Showtime. It won um, it won a Golden Globe for Best Television Drama uh, earlier this year and Showtime has already renewed it for a second series. So that's... Now, re- Dominic West, yeah. he's British and yeah. I saw him in a movie recently, well, not recently, a series, in fact, about the BBC. It was sort of made by yes. the BBC, about the BBC. But hasn't he... Does, doesn't his wife have a castle in Ireland? or something which they're putting up for sale I, 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 yes yes I, I think they, she does and did he go to Trinity I think he went to Trinity as well but they have uh, they have strong Irish connections anyway it's amazing sometimes I mean, I'm sure you're the same same way you saw a certain movie mm. or what mm. like you know what you were doing at that time when you saw a certain movie well I saw a, a, a fantastic movie in Las Vegas of all places mm. and it had one Beatty where he was a politician trying to get himself killed and he was speaking in kind of rap all the time mm. you, Bull, Bullworth Bullworth yeah yeah. he was, a, he thought, was a politician yeah, yeah yeah I thought that was an unbelievably good movie uh, and I'd kind of I, I thought his career never measured up to no. his enormous talent. No, that was one of the best things he did I have to say uh, Bullworth was. You had a query from a listener did Yeah, we you? had a query from Alison Kennedy and she wants to know um, what's happened to him. Is he retired or is he still making movies? Well, I, I'd say he's kind of half retired. The last thing released, the last thing of his that was released in the cinema was um, a romantic comedy called uh, town and country and it's generally considered to be a bit of a turkey at this stage he's been obsessed with Howard Hughes for decades and decades and he's reported to have completed a drama about a, an affair which Hughes had in the latter part of his life with a younger woman and Beatty plays Hughes and he also wrote and directed the, the film uh, really strong cast in it Lily Collins Alec Baldwin Martin Sheen uh, Matthew Broderick Candice Bergen and Beatty's wife Annette Benning uh, are all in it. Now he's, How old is he now? He's, he's in his 70s. He's always been accused of overproducing um, his movies. In other words, basically taking too long uh, to complete him. And this one looks as if it should have been completed by now. But we're told anyway that it'll be out before the end of the year. It hasn't got a title yet, but it's about, as I say, Howard Hughes being involved in an affair with a younger woman. Well, it's interesting that um, Warren Beatty would sort of have a thing about Howard Hughes, given that Warren Beatty was one of the great womanizers of yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. What's the, the, that, that famous uh, movie title, What's New Pussycat? Well, uh, uh, Beatty, again, was famous for courting women on the telephone, telephone, and he'd ring up and he'd say, 
What's new, Pussycat? Apparently, that was oh. that was that was one of his that was one of his his, his chat up lines. The IFI, you're a big fan of, yeah. um, and I'd say you're a particular fan of the IFI this week, given that they're doing something on Sam Fuller. There's a documentary called A Fuller Life, which has been made by his daughter Sam, and I spoke to her last week on the telephone from uh, from Los Angeles. But it's about uh, Sam Fuller and and about his life. And what they do is one of the things they do with it is they get um, a group of actors, friends, admirers, supporters um, to, uh, to, cont- to, to read from his autobiography. And uh, one of the things they do then is they use the readings to kind of stitch together bits of film and interviews um, and so on. And uh, I'd say a lot of people, younger uh, listeners, probably wouldn't know that much about um, Sam Fuller. But he made films. He, he started out as a copy boy in New York in newspapers. Then he became a reporter at the age of 17. And he one of the things he did, George, was he, he traveled across America uh, reporting um, on the way that uh, the Great Depression, the effect that the Great Depression had on ordinary people. Then he joined uh, the, the American Army during the Second World War. And he was in the army for three years in various, uh, as they say, theatres, war theatres. And um, one of, he came back then, uh, he, got a jo- he got some work as a, a, as a writer, a script writer, and then he became a script writer and director. And one of the things that was always said about him, he had this kind of tabloid style, this punchy tabloid style as a director. And one of the things that was always said about him was that he used his experiences on the road as a reporter and in the army uh, during the war. He used those. To, to bring a sort of grittiness and a reality to the movies that he made. All right. Well, Philip, uh, I'd be back in Dublin next week, sitting opposite you as usual. Thank you for joining me here on The Right Hook, Philip Malloy with Movies and Television.